Welcome back, everyone, to the Shine Like Stars podcast. I know it's been a long time. I'm your host, Andrew Corpin, and today I have a very special guest with me, uh, Matt Shuckman. Oh, shit, I fucked it up. No, that's fine. Sounded good. All right, we'll go with that then. We'll go with that. Uh, the host of the Overdue Rentals podcast. And uh, yeah, I met you, Matt, a couple months ago. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I should say co-host because I do have my friend, Mike Reyes, who hosts with me. I don't want to seem like it's just my thing because he'll, he'll beat me up. well so we both went to the same spider-man screening uh yeah yep and so uh, initially i just wanted to get your thoughts first off on the mcu i don't know if you're an mcu fan or or how you feel about that as a whole i i'm not like a super fan or a fan or anything like that i don't have any feelings one way or the other beforehand like i didn't go into seeing the films thinking to myself like oh I, i used to read comics when i was a kid and i really need to see these but you know i've seen them all for the most part you know, I, when I started doing this, it was right when the original phase one was really kicking off. It was right when around, I remember my first screening for an MCU film was the first Captain America uh, film, which the air conditioning broke. And it was really weird. A guy sat next to me at the last minute and pulled out a meatball sub as the movie started. I don't know where it came from. Uh, and uh so, I mean, I've seen them all up and up until now, um, but I'm not, I, I'm not the person who like lives and dies by it. I'm not the person who automatically falls in love with them. Okay. No, and that's perfectly fair. So then with that being said, what were your initial thoughts of No Way Home coming out of it? Now are we are we going are we going spoiler version or no spoiler version? We will go spoiler version. Yeah. Okay. I I very much okay, so spoilers begin, everybody. <laughs> I definitely enjoyed it. And I, I, I think that the positives outweigh the negatives for the most part. But I do still think, like most films that I, that I kind of see, not just in the MCU version, just in general, it's got a lot of smaller things. These are a lot larger than other films, but it's got a lot of small things that kind of irk me because they bother me while I'm watching it. And it's those things specifically in this film come with all the things that they don't want to spoil for you. So it comes with the idea that, yes, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are back. And, you know, I'll go into a little bit more after, like, you know, this is just my initial feelings, but I think positives are, you know, just in general, it it, it worked well, the film. I think I like the fact that they went with a little more, I don't want to say adult because it is adult, but I, I don't, you know, the idea of trying to bring a character who is more mature and trying to teach this character maturity, which ultimately also brings him back to a more famous comic book style, Peter Parker at the end of the day. but. The fact also that, you know, we've gone through so many superhero films where we said, why are there thousands, why are there three villains now and all these characters? And they, they actually were able to work it out well. And they also, these people I thought were going to come back and only appear at the end of the movie. But no, they're they're part of the whole thing. And they did a good job working that out. But I'll, I'll leave it there and I'll get into my gripes as we go along, I guess. Because what did, what were your feelings? Yeah, I'm kind of similar. So with me, I loved Spider-Man growing up. That was like, you know, I grew up on the Garfield, uh, Maguire movies. Okay. And then I, in my preteen years came the Garfield one. So I always had like this soft, you know, soft spot for them. And with the MCU, I do love Tom Holland, but I always thought, you know, I liked Homecoming, but I didn't really like Far From Home much, you know, and I thought like kind of what you just said, that this is the first time, No Way Home is the first time where I felt like there was growth, right? Where he finally learned something. I mean, of course he grows, but he's not this gawky kid no. all the time in this one. And the mature thing, I really thought, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I did love even like the action I thought was more brutal, you know, in this one. And 
you know, I, I did appreciate that. Um, and the villains thing, yeah, it's kind of similar. I, I was afraid coming in. I just thought the trailers sold this as just a nostalgia thing. And now, of course, they were trying to hide, you know, the, the main three uh, coming together. But, um, but yeah, I thought they handled that incredibly well for what, you know, for two and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, I, I for most everything, I try to avoid trailers in general. I like to go into things blind. So I actually got to avoid, I, I saw the original teaser when they first showed Alpha Molina and, th- and the pumpkin bomb come in. And again, for as much as I knew that was happening, when it happened on screen, I couldn't help but smile. But I didn't see the trailer where they where they showed you Jimmy Fox and uh, and I guess also that Santa was going to be there. Um, and I don't know if the trailer showed Lizard in there or not. But you know that starts to get into where some of my my issues come. Like the smaller version of it, where the idea being that I, I'm not sure if it was just that they couldn't get. Um, Thomas Hayden Church and, and Reese Ethan's out to be on set really, but like they don't really show you that. Well, Reese, it makes sense because his character is the lizard at this point, but how come Thomas Hayden Church didn't have a human form at all up until like the very end? I feel like maybe, I feel like they, they were both CGI'd from their original um, performances and they actually were never there on set whatsoever. No, actually, it's funny that you say that. I was going to bring that up later. I guess we'll shift to the villains, but I was going to say the same thing. No, no, you're all fine. But I was going to say when I was watching the movie, I I think when Thomas Hayden Church is finally shown towards the end, I was thinking to myself, is this the first time we're seeing him in human form? And I think it must be if if I'm not the only one that thought that. And yeah, yeah, just the whole time I was like, is this just a digital version of him with some voiceover or or what? I don't, you know. I mean, with with sticking with the villains now, I guess, since you're talking about though, and this is more of the positive, I guess, for the most part, because... You can't really beat Alpha Molina and Willem Dafoe. They're just they're still there's just so lovable in, in any sense, even when they're playing these horrible people. But like talking about the action being a little more brutal, what I really because yeah, I think there's an idea of for especially I would say the Andrew Garfield villains because those movies. I'm sorry, I, I don't care what anybody thought about them. They I I always dislike them from the first second I seen them, but to maybe get those actors in to have uh you know, stance in a, in a more quote unquote prestige Spider-Man film that gives an opportunity, but then even seeing Willem Dafoe, like there's that scene when they're, uh, you know, at Happy's place and then in the hallway and Spider-Man's basically, you know, like mounted on Goblin's shoulders and he's just punching down him and you see, you see Dafoe's smiling grin under it, just laughing. I'm just like, oh, this is so good. Oh, I'm so glad to see that now. But in the same breath, I will say, uh, again, talking to more disappointments. I know you're building on a character that you had once before, but I think Jamie Foxx's hamming it up was a little too much for me in this. Yes, and there's a lot of acknowledgement of from both him and Garfield, who we'll talk about, but the, the, the acknowledgement of the shortcomings they had right in there. He, yeah. you know, the why aren't you blue or whatever, the, the jokes, the constant jokes. But um, but like you said also, that Molina and Defoe were the they were always going to be the main two, right? These are the most beloved out of probably the villains. Um, what did you think about the CGI? Because I personally thought the first trailer, uh, Melina looked a little weird. And I, yeah. even in the movie, I think it was touched up better, but I thought it was almost like, I think of it as like the De Niro Pacino and the Irishman where Defoe and, uh, and oh. Melina, you know, I thought Melina looks a little fake in any time there's bright daylight. And I thought Defoe looked pretty good anytime they showed his face. I didn't think he looked too touched up. Well, I don't, I don't even want to talk about the Irishman CGI because that that was, but but um, well, that's the thing, and this is something that's been going for a long time, and it's something I never, you know, I knew I know about the history of it. Uh, I don't know all the technicalities of it, and it's something I should have paid more attention to and should read up on, but it's something where I've now just given up 
at this point because I, I, I'm already accepting it because due to the way, whether it's digital filmmaking, digital um, projection, whatever it is, nothing is going to look as good at home on your TV than it will on the screen because there are differences that they can't, they can't transfer over. And they bought this up. This first came up big time when the first home releases for Lord of the Rings, uh, Fellowship of the Ring was coming out because they were all talking about how that cave troll is not going to look the same as he did on that movie screen or at home. And it's the same thing with Gollum. Well, Gollum still looks great. He look, you can see, you get, it feels more like a CGI character when you're watching it at home. So those trailers, when you're watching it at home, whether it's on your TV or your phone or your computer, whatever it is, it's not going to look the same. And so, yeah, I definitely felt it looked weird um, when I first saw that trailer and it looked better on, on, and when I saw the film, but I think it's just because I'm actually seeing it the way it's supposed to be seen compared to whatever's going to have to be transferred for your home video release. Yeah, that, that's 100% true. I mean, that's completely fair. I mean, I did also think the lizard looked a little, just anytime he talked, it looked a little strange. But yeah. I mean, yeah, we did see it on a pre. Were you picky about, we saw it in Dolby, but were you picky about it not being IMAX? No, I don't. Well, first of all, I, I know a lot of people would, would argue with me on this. A lot of my friends and colleagues, for instance, um, you know, if something's like it's a Nolan film where he shot a whole bunch of stuff on IMAX, I, I'd want to see it on IMAX. I don't really care about the whole IMAX thing, personally. I don't care if it's, I mean, yes, I want to see it on a screen. I would like the screen to be large, but if you just take me to a small screening room and as long as it's a nice screen, I don't mind it. I, that doesn't bother me. Um, what bothers me is going to an IMAX screening and not having the chance to get one of the, any of the seats in the back. Because if you're at the real IMAX, because there's only one real IMAX here in New York, which is at Lincoln Square. Um, but unless like I'm in the very far back, I, I can't because I will have to move my head to see what's going on all over the screen. I can't deal with that. I don't like it. Yeah, that's no, completely fair. I'd never been in the Stolby, uh, the Stolby Theater before in Lincoln Square. Oh, Center. yeah. The only it's been it was renovated. It used to be a lot different because that's what a lot of our screenings used to be there, and it used to be a lot more classical looking, very red um, drapery around the sides with the golden elephants uh, kind of adorning the uh, the walls as well. The leg room in that place used to be awful, especially up in the balcony. It was the worst. You had to be on the side if you wanted to have any kind of leg room. Um, so yeah, this is the new. This is now that they've they've redesigned it, so it's a little different. Yeah, I, I've gone to a lot of screenings in New York, but the only one I'd been to at Lincoln Center or Lincoln Square was the uh, Isaac Tammy Fay, and they okay. showed that in a in a smaller auditorium. So that's why I was worried when I saw this again. I was like, well, crap, is it going to be in that kind of small auditorium again? Like, but yeah, we got in Dolby, which I thought was great. The sound <laughs> was was really good, and I thought the seats were comfortable too. A nice uh, light room, unlike how it used to be, I guess. Yeah, I mean these are these these their recliners don't go very far back though. It no. bothers me honestly, but uh, that's that's another story. But yes. going back going back to yes. Spider Man, I would like to say because here's my here's my you know I was talking about it with my colleague the other day during my review actually, mm -hmm. and um, my biggest of of all the gripes is the fact that they did a lot of just very choppy story picking for their own like they, they cherry pick how they wanted a lot of it to go just so they can i'll it's easy for me to give the for instance so for when people have seen the movie and are listening to this you already know this all of the villains for some reason are transferred from their universe into tom holland spider-man universe moments before their death yet the heroes the spider-men are transferred in further on down the line in their life. 
and not only that, but it's because because again they do it to 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 service the story and the idea of like trying to help them and change them and you know what's happened you know in their past so on and so forth. But the best for instance is Doc Ock because Doc Ock apparently is transferred in right before his supposed death in the original film. Uh, well, let me say supposed. I mean death in the original film, or you know, and. He comes, he comes on the screen, just like he's seen the trailer. He says, like, hi, Peter. Like, I haven't seen you in a while. It's like, apparently you were just fighting him and he was about to die and he had a different suit on. Yeah. So why are, why are you like now saying it like you haven't seen him in a while? It's like, oh, I've been looking for you. It's like, no. Because actually in the story, he goes, oh, where's my machine? I'm still looking for it. But then later on, it's like, no, I, I moved in here right before I was to die. So you knew where the fucking machine was. What? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know if I can curse. No, you can't. You're all good. Yeah. And yeah, no. And then he says like, oh, it's a fancy new suit you have. Well, so what? In the, in the last five seconds, he switched. He yeah, it's, suit. yeah. I mean, I get I get why they do it. And I, I get because, again, I use this example when I do my review as well, because it's the example I always use because I'm willing. I'm a very big stickler for complete well-told stories with no holes and those don't really exist there's only a few examples but i'm always willing to forgive things that have these very big glaring plot holes if the way it services the story is you know is such an important factor and my 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 usual example is memento where it's like well how does he know he has the the this condition in the first place he shouldn't been able to remember that if he can't make new memories right but because the, what the story is trying to do is so well done, I'm willing to forgive that. But I can't forgive it when it happens 15 different times between eight different characters in one movie in the span of seconds. It bothers me. So then I guess that begs the question, where was Defoe's Goblin? Was he just about to get impaled and then got thrown in? And I guess... Yes. Yeah, I guess now that you, you open that can of worms, now I can't stop thinking about it. And then that also makes even less sense for Jamie Foxx's Electro because... He looked completely different. They acknowledged that. But then how did this warping to another universe all of a sudden change that? If you would, I don't know. It's now it's just, yeah. And, the, and that's like, I'm fine. Like I get, you, you didn't want to do the necessarily de-aging, I guess, on Toby Maguire. So you wanted to have him a little older. Fine. Don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, but in the same breath, because it's so disjointed from the apparent version of what you're trying to tell, it just doesn't mesh that well. And, and because that's the thing I think about while I'm watching the movie and it starts to take me out of it a little bit. Yeah, and how did you feel about their usage? I guess, it, I don't know if this talks more about the heroes, but I guess the villains in the the final, you know, the third act battle, I guess. Yeah, it was fine. You know, like, I, I, again, my, you know, again, small story issues, like, you know, the portal closes by itself at one point after a few minutes. Why is it open for like 15 minutes for them at the end of this one? Yeah. To, to, to kind of pull the story along that way, which is not the villains per se, but just the idea of it, or like, just take the sling ring off. I'm sure it'll close, you know? Um, but, or again, like, all right, I, I'm sorry. This is not answering your question, but now you're making me think of things that bother me during the movie. And again, I know they're young and I know that the, th I, I know between uh, Peter, MJ and Ned, they're, they're all very tight and they don't want to do anything without each other's approval. But come on, you watching the news, you see that, MJ, you don't hit the button immediately. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That was a weird, she has that whole thing. Like I'm going to hit it. No. And then, you know, she's not going to, but it was like, well, I don't know what makes you think Tom Holland. Cause at that point they're assuming he's alone, right? It's still a one V five, I guess. It's just obviously something's bad. And well, that's the other thing too. Like I, I legitimately thought 
that if the, if the Maguire Garfield thing happened, we didn't know at that point yet. I thought instead of the glider hitting May, I thought you were going to see webs come in from the side and pull it away. And it was, that's when they were going to come in. Yeah. Um, and I, I also, as I mentioned this last night when I was doing my review as well, it's like when they open the portal and you see him, you know, it's not, you automatically know it's not Tom Holland's Spider-Man because the way he looked like, just before he even walks to the portal. Yeah. Then you knew like, all right, it's happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there's so many things. Like, I'm sorry. I keep jumping back now because you're going back to those, callbacks about talking about the, the the Garfield movies and them kind of poking fun at themselves. Like they went way overboard. Mm -hmm. the, you know, mentioned the, the dropping and the falling to the eels thing, like two, two and a half, three times almost. It's like they 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 really killed it. Or like another, for instance, I, I was thinking about was that, because I know, I, the one thing I do know about the Ned character as he exists in the comic book world, that he actually becomes another Green Goblin. Yes. So they make that joke. Mm -hmm. In, in the movies, so we know we're not going to go that direction, yeah. which is fine. But it seemed, it seems so strange. It's like because that's now like a wink to only those people who know, you know. And it's during this whole to do where you're just trying to like kind of gr grasp onto now, like okay, what are we going? I know what they're doing, but how are they going to pull it all together? And it's like it just seemed like it just seemed like they tried too hard to to wink at the audience way too many times with things, you know. And again, the what I thought, what I thought almost as a bigger spoiler was is the fact that I know Kevin Feige said they were gonna you know that uh, Charlie Cox was gonna return as as as, as Matt Murdock, but to see him pop up in the film at the beginning, I thought that was funny. Yeah, no, I, I thought that too because you know they just announced that and they announced somebody else, maybe it was from the same Daredevil. I didn't watch the Daredevil series, but I know I who Charlie either. Cox yeah. is. But I know they announced a couple people coming back for the MCU, and then yeah, he pops right in. You know, was, and I know like the theories people were talking about is that Charlie Cox's arms when the you know the guy the interrogation right? They thought it was his arms. I don't know if you saw this crap. Oh no, I did people not. Thought no. that was him, but then the IMAX trailer came out. And they're like, oh, that wasn't Charlie Cox. But um, yeah, but regardless, yeah, I thought that was funny that he was right there, right, <laughs> right with. In the first five minutes, I will say though I had to take my glasses off the as like the movie was starting yeah. to clean them real quick, and I thought when that uh, whatever the Department of Justice the FBI agent comes in, I thought it was Jake Johnson at first. I'm like, oh, well, that's a real <laughs> meta meta move. Yeah, but uh, no, it wasn't. It just looked no. like him a little bit. Yeah, no, and I was waiting for it. Did actually look like him too. I just watched a movie with him, so I was thinking the same thing. But um, yeah, I wish we had brought in. Um, you remember the Spider-Man musical that was on Broadway? Oh, you you wanted you wanted to have like the, the actors. I wanted Reeve Carney, uh, you know, Bono on the Edge come in. I, I saw the show three times. I'm not afraid to admit that uh, okay. as a kid. But um, yeah, but I mean, with the villains, yeah, I mean, I, I did think the only thing I thought was cool was in the third act. We do get that big the Marvel. This is what bothered me about Shang Chi was that I liked the. The hand-to-hand -hand combat was really cool. Then in the third act, you just brought in the two dragons. I don't know what the hell happened. Mm -hmm. um, with this, I did think it was at least a little bit, I don't want to say innovative, because we know these characters, right? You know Sandman can grow huge and do this. You know the Green Goblin's going to come in and fly. But I thought it was cool enough that they used the Statue of Liberty to its advantage in this fight. Right? You had the lizard crawling around a little bit. I don't remember yeah. much about Electro, to be honest. The, the fight was kind of, it's still, see that, but that speaks to it. It's a little bit messy yeah, no, it is. And again, why they, why they still always are trying to shoehorn in those wings, because, you know, when Electro uses his powers, his old school suit kind of illuminates around him, you know, to, to, to again, to wink at the comic book fans. And like, is it necessary? No, I don't know. Now, maybe you could help me with something, too, because again, because I, since I try to play blind with things, okay. I when I would scroll through like social media and all of a sudden see that they, you know, because I saw those clips that they had to foe 
uh, Molina and uh, Fox together doing the junket. And um, they had, um, you know, where Molina saying I did it for the money or whatever like that. I thought I saw somebody post something and maybe it was a joke because I was because I didn't want to know. I scrolled past. I didn't see because I was because if this really did happen, this is one of the biggest uh, moves to try and trick people out that I've seen in a while. I could have sworn I saw Michael Keaton doing junket for this. Am I insane? I, you know, I don't know if I, I don't think I'd seen any clips of Keaton doing of uh, junket. Although I will say that's another thing. I was surprised he wasn't in it. Um, yeah. But I know he's in Morbius, so that the other Sony Marvel thing that's coming out in a couple months. But I don't think they'd be doing press for that this early. Well, I think I what I think they're going to do is I think they're going to bring in the real Sinister Six into Tom Holland's solo movies, yeah. so he doesn't have to worry about the MCU stuff. Uh, so they don't have to keep crossing back over forth and back and, and back and forth. Uh, Cause I, that's going to happen. I mean, they, they teased it in the first, they teased it in the first film with, at the end. So I think they're just going to, they're going to grow that as Sony's own little mini MCU verse. And, and that makes more sense because in all honesty, I know when the trailers came out, we saw the first shots of, well, I guess you didn't, see, I think it was the second trailer with Sandman. It showed the final battle a little bit and showed the lizard and, and uh, uh, I remember who's on the left. It may have been Electro. Um, but they did they did mess with people too though because they show you yeah right they show you they show you the 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 Garfield MJ thing yep but they make you think that it's Tom and so like that's you know but the interesting thing was people I don't know if this bothered you but the Sinister Six thing I thought would be really cool I was thinking well you have five villains how do you not put the I really thought that's when I thought Keaton was going to come in somehow be brought into this because I, I just thought it was weird to have five and because I know we have it's from the other universes but I thought we'd have one Holland foe that he would have a personal now of course he finds a personal grief with uh, Defoe's goblin but I was thinking it was a little weird to have five and not have somebody else come in as his foe. Well it, it was interesting to think about if they thought about bringing another Mysterio in Right. That's what I was wondering if that was going to happen, but I'm glad they didn't go that route because that would have been too. I think Keaton showing up would have been the only thing. Like they they went and broke broke him out of broke him out of prison or something like that, and he shows up at the end, the very end, would have been the only thing I think they could have done extra that if they wanted to go that route. Yeah, yeah, you didn't need to bring in Shocker from Homecoming in this instance or anything like that. No, from really, Homecoming. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else major on the villains? Maybe we'll probably they're going to be discussed further in other sections. But is there anything else you wanted to point out? Uh I think it was most of it, you know, again, it's just, it was, it was, it was nice to see, you know, how they tried to deal with it. I think that, I think it, it was still over bloated and a little long, but so, but, but giving them the opportunity to be on screen and not just be in battles and that's it. I appreciate it. Other than that, most of the stuff, I mean, I, I really could care less about the lizard in this universe that they had. I, I would, I, unless, unless they did it differently and they, 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 I know they wanted to give everybody the opportunity but unless they bought back the original lizard, which was technically Dylan Baker from the uh, the original Raimi Spider-Man's, but he never turned, yeah. that would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's true. But I um I wanted to shift to Doctor Strange really quickly because sure. the trailers did feature him more heavily to imply that he was going to be in it. But I was happy he wasn't in it too much. Um, he doesn't get too involved. But I was gonna right the first thing was um I, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you stayed for the end credits, which was the Multiverse yes. of Madness trailer teaser. So in that, um, so I didn't see it because I wanted to get my phone and get out of Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln Square. Um, but it, when I saw Doctor Strange for the first time, he seemed normal, right? In the first meeting he has with Peter, I thought he was normal. 
Then when he's doing the spell and they're in the underground area, he, it, I don't know if it was just the lighting, just something to, and the way he was spitting out his dialogue, it just seemed weird. It just seemed off. Well, I think that's what people I understood took from the original trailer. They thought it was supposed to be the yeah. hint at it wasn't really him or it wasn't the version of him for it. I felt that it was basically just him the whole way through. I felt comfortable with it being our Doctor Strange the whole way through, honestly. And, and again, those original, I went back and watched the trailers after uh, and I watched the rewatch the original teaser too because the way they the way they tease it in the original teaser was that uh, he's like really lying to Wong. And he's like, oh yeah, we won't do anything while you're away, which is why people thought it was a little more tricksy than anything else, but that's not the case in the actual film. You know, I guess he, 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 you know, he pushes him to let him do it, but he knows he's going to do it. Just, just leave me out of it, you know? Um, I just think that, you know, he's trying to concentrate when he's doing the spell. <laughs> Peter just won't let him concentrate. And so it's going to, it's going to, it's going to tick him off a little bit. And it's going to bring him to that. And I think it's maybe showing that he has a side, mm. but I, I still think, I still will 100% say it was him. Okay, yeah, and I felt that beyond that one scene, he, every time they interacted, it did feel like Benedict Cumberbatch. So at that point, I was like, well, it can't be a fake because that would just be weird for him to all of a sudden be normal. But I didn't know if the trailer had kind of, if her Multiverse of Madness had shown that this was a fake or anything like that. Well, okay. I mean, do you want me to say something about the trailer? I think it leaked now, right? I think it did, yes. I yeah. think you're all good. <laughs> well, at the very end of the trailer, they, they show you him, uh, you know, the real Strange, and then they show an evil multiverse strange and the oh, two of them meeting. Nice. And he's very, very like, it's overly obvious, like evil. Um, and, but I was really, that's the one thing about that trailer I was hoping for. Cause again, I don't, I, I try to avoid trailers, but this was the, the end. This is the second technical, technically um, second after credit scene. And so I'm watching it and I, which I also found that as a nice surprise. Cause I just thought it was going to be another throwaway kind of scene that doesn't mean much, but um I was hoping for the very end, especially after I see that that's what they introduced you to, that really evil strange, that you're going to get a Raimi zoom or like that crazy pan up that he would do uh, from his old classic films. That would have been really nice to end off on, but they didn't, they didn't do it. Well, maybe they're saving it, <laughs> like some of the other stuff in the trailers. You never know. It better, better be. It better be. In there. Well, yeah, no, but it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's more of a full trailer, I would say, than a, oh. uh, than a teaser. I, I don't see, I don't know if... Uh, do you mind if I say it again? Do you mind? I just don't want to ruin anything for you. Do you mind if go I say something? It. No, I'm gonna go see it again tomorrow. That's the reason I decided to leave. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I don't know if it was. I don't know if people knew this beforehand, and I didn't know this. But um, Scarlet Witch is a big player in in, in Multiverse of Madness, so she's she's heavily in the trailer as well. Yeah, I think they, uh, I don't know if they had said that explicitly, but I know that, you know, WandaVision, I did, that was the only MCU show I've watched that did kind of imply she'd be in it, I think. Um, and I think she oh, is. So you, so you didn't watch Loki then? Okay. I watched the first episode and thought, wow, that was really good, and then never actually followed up on it. All right, because, I mean, that that's where they start bringing all the multiverse stuff right. big time, so it's like... You know, right. I, I didn't I didn't watch the what if stuff. I, I I couldn't get into it. Didn't really care. Yeah. And I haven't started Hawkeye. And again, I these are the kind of things I watch just to keep up with it. So I know when right. I go to see something else. Like I didn't actually end up seeing Shang Chi for because I wasn't covering it. And I missed the screening. So I went to see it before uh because I was covering the Eternals. So I want them just in case I went to see it, just so I, I knew in case anything fit in. But um, you know, because going back to what you first asked me when we started this about being a fan of the, the MCU or not, like I'm one of the people who thinks the best one was infinity war. And I think I wouldn't have felt the way I felt about infinity war. If I didn't see all that crap before, mm -hmm. 
But because I saw all those films before, I was able to make connections to that film that I couldn't make otherwise. I still may have been a good movie to me, but it holds a certain weight because I saw everything before. So I will try to catch up with everything just to know, um, just in case something like that happens, because I do like to be surprised and affected in certain ways. And if it means I have to see something that I don't even care about, I'm going to see it. Yeah, no, 100%. And you did mention Eternals. And I did just want to ask you, did you like it or did you think it was god-awful like I did? It was a mess. It was a goddamn okay. mess. Thank God. My, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually end up doing a full review, but I put, I put, my, I put my thoughts out on Facebook. Oh. And I remember people looking at it just going like, oh, my God. Because that one's another one. Like, if you want to talk about, you know, little things that mean a lot to me, like, it's a little thing, shouldn't matter. But to me, when there's like thousands of them, your movie just doesn't doesn't work for me. So like, uh, that's a movie that's a good, for instance, where I just had so many smaller things amongst the bigger problems that we all know about that just like, you can't, this is not, this is just, this doesn't work. And I think that felt way too long. Not unlike, I mean, you said Spider-Man was a little long, but I thought Eternals, I I had to take a bathroom break in the middle just because I was bored and had to piss. So, (laughs) but anyways, the transition back to Spider-Man. I want to talk about the trio, not the, not quite the Spider-Man trio yet, (laughs) but MJ and Ned. I thought the end, I guess we'll throw Aunt May in there too and Happy a little bit. I thought this was the best uh, stuff with them because I thought they actually gave them something to do. You know, maybe it was a little bit like with Ned, it was like, all right, you get the the wands thing and now you, you know, run off and do your, have your fun. But is that, did that drive you nuts? I saw other well, people. It, saying it seems like they're sending him up now for something beyond because he's not going to become Green Goblin. And so now it seems like they're setting him up to be part of something later <laughs> on in the future. And I don't know how that's going to be. It's, it's kind of weird, honestly. Not that it's weird. It's just like, it's, it's, I think it's because what's weird about, and this is going a little larger than what you were questioning but the implications now because now that people know there's a spider-man just don't know peter parker everything else still happened right and that's the other thing that bothers me about the movie is like it's hard to like i get it it's hard to have to like try and explain it all and this is where you have to kind of give your your suspension disbelief an extra mile because it's like well, how do they wonder how they got up there? Why do they care? What does it mean to them? Do they, do they know that they still know Spider-Man, though, and all this other stuff? Plus the fact that, yes, all of the multiverse characters get pulled away back into their universes. That doesn't mean that all of those pictures of Peter with all of his friends, the shrine the school built for him, is going to disappear. Aren't people going to wonder who the fuck this guy is? <laughs> Like, yeah. Why is he in all of our pictures with us? Why do we have this shrine to him that says Peter Parker, you're Spider-Man? It's like, unless they show me that stuff disappearing, that shit didn't disappear. Okay, and I actually, so I did have a section for future implications, but kind of like- Sorry. Said, like, no, 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 you're all good. And I'm not saying that, to, to, but I'm just saying that, no, I guess we, we can totally talk about that because- I liked, I thought the ending, although it did feel a little bit like a cheesy Hallmark movie when it's snowing out and he goes to the coffee shop. And But yeah. I thought that scene was powerful because he finally was like, I'm going to let them be, uh, live their life peacefully. But I feel like there's no shot they don't undo that, right? I think there's no chance. Because Zendaya, I... you know. No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, no, MJ, when he talks, you know, when he leaves, she just has that look where she, and she said, I'm going to figure it out, right? And then she, when he leaves and turns out to leave, I think she kind of has like that look where she's, trying to jog and I know their memories were wiped, but I just don't know, unless you don't get them back for the next inevitable 
Tom Holland trilogy. I just feel like they're not going to let that sit. I don't think you just let them go. I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I both agree um, not and not disagree, but I both agree and just have different kind of thoughts on it, I guess, because that that's what, even if you don't like the film, the fact that they were finally willing to be that mature about it, mm-hmm. to be the idea that, because everybody wants the happy ending where everybody gets back together. And for that fact for them to go and for him to realize it's that whole, it's that, again, it's that whole superhero thing. It's not just about me and about them. Like they seem to, all, these films seem to always, or I guess comic books seem to always find a way for that stuff to come back and for everybody to be, you know, happy together in some way or another. It could happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but the fact that they were able to, just like, in, because that's again, the same with the Infinity War. I knew when Endgame came, they were all going to come back. I knew before, when the movie ended, but for them to end it, on the loss and, and Thanos' smiling face, I think it's a brave choice. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. And it's the same thing here because it's it's that extra step of adulthood because even though he didn't understand it when he went to go try and get them back in their missions, it didn't matter about him. When they said it was about him, he's like, oh, well, you too. He's like, oh, great. You know, like he still didn't get it. So for him to finally get it is a big thing for me. And I apologize. I'm going to go backwards because I you reminded that talking about that reminded me of something that I didn't get to talk about in my review. I forgot about because what I, what I really, I don't know. I'm sure people noticed it, but I don't know how, how well people noticed it because when he first goes on the highway to go to her car and gets out of this and gets out of his Spider-Man suit into his suit, his suit is so goddamn wrinkled. And I think, it, I think that's, I think that's hilariously brilliant because you really, it's obvious later on when he's in the dungeon with MJ and Ned and and they and they first look in Doc Ock and his white shirt's really wrinkled, but his suit is so wrinkled and unironed. The fact that he goes to do that like that, I know it's a rush, but it just it's it's another little inkling to the idea of not understanding what it means to be an adult. Yeah, and I, I don't know how many people caught it. No, that's that's funny. I actually didn't know I, when he gets to the dungeon, like you said, you can tell his, his shirt's you know all wrinkled and everything. And I thought the whole MIT thing was only funny because it was like I, I get that fact. You know, you I'm applying to grad school, so you know you get those rejection letters. And then of course at MIT, they're like, well, you guys are involved with Spider-Man, so we can't let you in or whatever. Um, but I, I did think you know kind of like what you said, it is very final, and I. I I do appreciate it. And I think all these movies should have, my sister just said this. She was like, I don't want to watch Far, she's never seen Far From Home, but she wanted Mm. to see this one. But she was like, they all should stand on their own. And I guess that is a fair point. It is a universe movie, right? It's going to, it's going to connect. But I guess, like you said, even if, I guess like with Infinity War, you can separate that as uh, not just as like a part one, because you of course know there's going to be Endgame, especially if you rewatch it or whatever. But with this, it's like this can be that ending, and then whatever they do in Spider-Man: Homecoming Four, whatever they want to call it, you know, I guess that can. Of course, it, it. I don't know. It's it's just a weird. I don't know. It's a weird paradigm that you're stuck in. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree that all films should stand on their own, but um, and I don't think you have to see one to, to make the other better. Even though I just said that a little earlier. But like I said, though, there are they do build certain things in a way that because you did see certain things, it will affect you differently. And I can't help. But I now and now I can't help but move past that in certain ways. And and going back to what you were originally talking about, though, about the Ned and MJ having more to do. You know, I didn't I don't know if I cared if they did or they didn't. (laughs) Because I understand characters in the comic books usually don't. You know, they're more ancillary. And so if you want to give them more to do, that's great. I don't think they necessarily have to. Like, I'm, I'm not going to complain if they didn't. Um, but because of what you're trying to say, it makes sense that they, they, they do have more um, 
to to be part of this. But all in all, and it's something that didn't cross my mind. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. I mean, I'm not going to, the movie is not make or break on whether or not Zendaya has more than five minutes of screen time. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, and I thought Marissa Tomei was really great. Um, I like the little Goodfellas Joe Pesci reference they make early on. That made me laugh. Um, but I thought it was great that I didn't expect her to die in all honesty. I really thought, you know, I thought they were going to save her, you know, right, inevitably. Yeah. But I thought her death was actually really powerful. And it's weird because she's, it's again, it's not like Aunt May is in these movies for 50% of it or whatever. She's been, especially her, Aunt May, I think, was really only in Far From Home at the beginning and end and in Homecoming sporadically. But it just was, I don't know if, I think this is also gets into Tom Holland, which I want to talk about. But that scene was just incredibly powerful. And I, I am a Tom Holland, not a hater. I just think outside of Spider-Man, you watch Cherry or Chaos Walking, you're like, what the hell is this guy doing? Um, but with this, it was like, I felt it was, I don't know, it was just powerful, you know, his crying and all that. But yeah. he, but watch him watch him when he was younger. Watch him in The yeah. Impossible. Yes. Right. Uh, or like, uh, what was the, the whale film? One. The whale one was pretty good. <laughs> well, it was there, there was one, I forgot, I, I, I remember, because it was funny, at the time, it was before his Spider-Man officially became a thing. Mm. And I was interviewing John Bernthal. Because um, what was it called? It was, because it, 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 both of them were in the film. It takes place like in like the Crusades around. I can't remember the name of it now. But the idea was that John Bernthal told me that he helped Tom Holland film his his Spider-Man audition tape oh, while they're on the set for that film. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the movie. But again, it's something like, that, that, that's not an, an outstanding performance kind of thing, I would say. But it's giving you more of a stoic mm. Tom Holland more than anything else. Um, you know, he's, and that's the thing, like, it's great that people can do these big blockbusters, but you, you gotta, you gotta remember that they, they are capable of doing things. So yes. I didn't ever actually watch cherry to be honest with you. So I don't even know what happens in it. Lucky you. Um, but, <laughs> but no, but I, to give him so much credit because I really, again, I love him as Peter Parker, but it's this, you know, again, it's just the gawky high school kid and he's great at it, but you're going to get to an age where it's like, well, you can't be 40 and doing this. You know, you have to yeah. eventually mature. And this, I thought was a great step in the right direction. I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think Uncharted is going to be the best follow-up to, no. to No Way Home. But I think with No Way Home, I thought even that scene where he's, I, in my review, I remember saying it's like, uh, it was uh, shedding tears in the rain, you know, after May dies and he's, he's looking out, I, you know, just, I don't know, something about this performance was really actually mature. And I, and again, I think the whole film was, but I really appreciate that. I, I felt, I don't know, it just, in any scene where there was any sort of emotion, I didn't just think, I, I didn't almost laugh. I guess and that sounds really bad, but I, yeah. I think with this, I felt, it felt serious, right? And even his, that last scene where all he's doing is seeing red and he's punching out William Dafoe, you know, right at the end, I was like, wow, it's, it's visceral and it's intense. And I don't think he's ever, you know, he tried in Cherry, it just didn't work. But in this, mm -hmm. it really, and I hate to keep referencing that, but, um, but, <laughs> but, um, but in all praise, I think No Way Home was a great step in the right direction for him. Well, I think, but also, like you said, it's like he can't be doing it forever. You know, I know he wants to do a lot more. I think he said something about him wanting to do like a whole other full yeah. trilogy again or something. But, you know, they're going to have to move on eventually. And I, and I, you know, I, I did think, and I, I know they made the reference to Miles Morales in the yeah. film, but I yeah. thought maybe one point, maybe they were going to bring in a natural Miles Morales. But that's, I think they're going to say that because I think that's what they're going to end up doing. They're going to transition to Miles Morales when it's time for Tom Holland to go. Mm. Yeah, no, I think I actually I did mention that, too, because in I remember that Jamie Foxx makes the reference and it was a pretty funny joke. But I yeah. was like, well, I thought that I was like, oh, that has to be the mid credit scene. But it wasn't really followed up on. But, you know, inevitably, you're right. Maybe I think didn't Amy Pascal, I think, had said something about a new trilogy coming with Tom Holland. 
No, again, this- something, it was something that somebody definitely said. I just, I just don't really because this is my thing. This is where I have this weird um, kind of crossroads of, of what I do because I don't like, like I said, I don't like to know. I want to be surprised. I want right. to be blind. So I don't follow a lot of the stuff that f- people find important and very big news pieces. And so I don't know the information a lot of the times, and I feel like I'm an idiot. Yeah, no, I, I think she, and the, well, what's annoying about it is that she said it right before the movie. So I was like, either we're not caring about, you know, spoiling the ending that he ultimately lives, or we just, you know, it's a red herring and it's just, he's going to die in this one. Um, but I think, I, I think I'd heard somebody had said, maybe they'll do a, maybe they continue with Holland. Cause I don't mind if he keeps playing the character. I have no qualms with him. I just think I don't want to, I have friends or whatever, deem him as this great actor. And I don't know about that yet. But I don't mind if they do another trilogy with him, but I'd heard maybe either Sony would do Miles Morales on this on their side, maybe, because they're going to keep sharing him with the MCU. So I don't know who would go into what. Yeah, place. My, I, was, I was talking to my friend during my, our review last night, too, but I think that I, I think will be sparingly when they share him. I think that's the point where since people don't remember right. Peter Parker now that it's easier for them to kind of use him sparingly in the MCU because otherwise you're gonna have to go through a lot to reintroduce him to characters, which would seem ridiculous. So it seems like he's going to be taking more of a back seat, maybe in the MCU. And what we're going to get now is Tom Holland versus Tom Hardy or, and, or uh, maybe one before we get Tom Hardy in there, which that's where the mid credit scene I was talking again, a lot about less last night was I find a little confusing in essence. Like I understand what the point is. I understand that the, the little piece of the symbiote gets left behind. But because that version of Tom Hardy has now been zapped back out to his own universe, it seems weird because I know that we can have a Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock, just in this universe, who's going to be different. And he, he took so much time to build up this crazy version of that character. I don't see them now bringing in a new version of that character just for this film so there's some has there somehow has to be a way that that very specific version of that character comes in and that little piece of the symbiote doesn't do that for me i don't see how i don't see how that works and okay did you see venom uh i actually haven't seen the new one yet now i that's that's one i still have missed and i just haven't taken the time okay so when you said it confused that's actually what confused me about it was that that post-credit scene actually i don't know if you mind me saying it um (laughs) no i I know this i know they, they very apparently they very i don't know exactly what it is but apparently they very clearly have stated that he's coming to the Tom Holland world. That's all. That's all I know. Yeah, and I guess it does sh- literally shake up, and then it seems as if he's in a new universe. So that's what confused me with this post-credit scene because now he's at a bar, uh, same island or whatever he's in in Venom. But it was just was confusing. I'm like, well, we just saw. I thought we just saw him transition to the MCU. Now we're doing it again because this time he just disappears, right? In because yeah, he gets he gets yeah. taken back to his his universe. Yeah. So oh, I guess the end credit oh, of that right, was that right. him being bought was technically yes. him being bought over. And now you know this yeah. is him going back. No, you're right. Okay. Thank you for clarifying yeah. that. I completely, you know, you just, I know we talked about them being brought back to their universe. I just forgot that. Yeah. Cause they just brought him in for that one scene. So I guess eventually maybe you're right. Maybe Tom Holland now it will go to Sony and fight Morbius and Venom. And I mean, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, I understand from what I understand, he will appear in Morbius or something. So like, or so I hear what somebody told me, but I guess that's where we're going to start to see where really how it unfolds a little bit is when Morbius comes out. Well, because I think in the trailer, they, they do show Keaton. I, again, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. And they, no, they also show a poster in the background with Maguire's Spider-Man on it. Or it looks like Maguire's Spider-Man. Uh, suit. So that's where it's like, I don't know if we're bringing him back again, you know, and maybe we 
Maybe we do. I think that, <laughs> well, I guess now we can kind of talk about Gar- uh, Garfield and, and McGuire because I thought it was great to see both, but I, I honestly prefer Garfield's stuff because um, maybe it's because he it feels unfulfilled. I mean, you know, like he didn't get the third movie uh, as they make very clear in this, you know, they make fun of him. I know yeah. you didn't like either of those, but um, I thought his introduction and just his little like back and forth with uh, Ned and MJ was great. And then I thought it was funny that McGuire comes in and of course he's the older, the the seasoned veteran and he has to crack his back before he gets into gets into <laughs> fights. And I loved the, the my favorite part of Garfield and McGuire interacting was at first it's like this this pissing contest between the two. You know, this you know, subtle, it's not it's not malicious, but it's you know, they're going back and forth. And then eventually you get McGuire talking down to himself so much, you know, he's like, yeah. Oh, I wasn't quite I didn't go to space, you know, I I didn't do all this this shit. And McGuire's like, No, no, you were a great Spider Man. And it's it almost felt like that was like the fans talking to Garfield. Because I don't know, you could, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like the internet perception of the Garfield movies has definitely lightened up. People seem a little bit more open with those than they did. I don't know. I, I was a preteen when the Amazing Spider-Man movies came out, so I don't remember. Uh, all I remember is I went to the screening for the first one, and I, I honestly can't remember the full thing because I just, I just don't, I just don't go back and watch it, which is weird because I'm the type of person that I will rewatch things I don't like mm. that are very popular a lot. Just so I can keep fresh for when I have to argue about it with people. <laughs> um, but I remember talking. I remember talking to myself, and I remember writing the review. And I re- my review was technically a little bit of a spoiler, and I, I said it. It's like it's going to spoil something because I need to talk about it because you know Lizard's big plan was to turn everybody into lizards, and he he technically pulls it off for a second. But you never, why did we not get an entire like lizard army running all over the place? We never saw any of it. We just see the lizard, the one lizard, that's it. And I'm like, you really missed a big opportunity there. That really like irked me a big time. It's funny. I, in all honesty, I know they mentioned it in the movie that he, his plan was to make an army of lizards. I don't even, I guess for as much as I said, I liked the movies as a kid. I honestly don't remember. I know it ends on like a rooftop. I know he gets shot or something yeah. like that. I don't, I don't quite remember, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I do think it was, it, it was great to see him back first. I, I think McGuire, I don't know. He, he's obviously much older now. So it was a little jarring to me at first, you know, cause he's, he's a little slimmer now. And I, at first I was like, is that really Toby McGuire? Um, yeah, right. But um, but I thought that scene with all three of the Peters finally, well, on, on top of the rooftop, I thought was great. You know, um, a little cheesy. I'm gonna be honest. You know, when you know, of course, of, co- of course, McGuire's gonna be like, "Oh, I understand where you're coming." They're both gonna say, "I know where you're coming from with loss and everything." And he's like, "No, I don't." <laughs> or, no, you don't. You know, <laughs> but um, that scene where they're all in, I think they're at Midtown High, and they're all in the science lab. I thought that was um, that's actually when you get the Ned joke about the hobgoblin yeah. and uh, a lot of the tongue in cheek stuff, but I thought that was sorry, really hobgoblin. I'm sorry. You're right. Cause I kept saying green goblin. Thank you. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't know what the, I know one's orange, so that's probably, yeah. um, probably hobgoblin, but, um, but yeah. So what, what did you think about them coming back? I mean, I think we all knew it was inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I've, again, I know everybody was talking about it. And I'm sure it was going to happen in certain ways. I was hoping it didn't happen. Mm. Um, and in other ways, I was hoping, you know, obviously it would happen because it'd be like, yeah, this we're all waiting for. Let's see it happen. Um, but just like everything else, you know, they, they lean. And yeah, some of it, a lot of it works, but they lean so much on just making those winks and nods to the other films and to each other. And eventually it's like gets to be a little too much, I guess. Um, but, you know, in the end of the day, they made it work. Um, I I felt their departure was a little too hammy or a little too. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe not hammy, but maybe a little too uh, hallmarky. I'll mm, say, yeah. um, you know, it, it just 
it was just, it's just a little too much. And I, I would, you know, and especially for them kind of reminiscing with their villains too. Like I thought we, I thought it would have been nice if you're going to go the hallmarky route anyway, to maybe give uh, Maguire a little more time with Molina since Molina at that point is still back to being good. You know, and, and give them like, you know, like it's it's just so good to to be able to to see you, you know, kind of this way. A little, a little bit more than that would have been nice. Uh, and it's also weird. Like, I understand that he's got the he's now got the the injection of like that. But the fact that they're all just sitting there while the <laughs> foe is just like <sighs> and like nobody's paying attention to him. It was a little weird. You yeah. know, but yeah, what is what it is. And the inevitable stab, you know, he gets stabbed by, you know, when he tries to stop Tom Holland, you know, yeah. you could feel that coming. Um, and you get the, the famous Maguire face as he <laughs> is impaled. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do agree. It was a little cheesy. I think they, because they don't really, because then it's Tom's choice that he wants to wipe everybody's memory. So he goes off and says his goodbyes. Then we come back and Maguire and Garfield are, are standing together. Right. And then uh, as it cuts away from them, Garfield's like, it hurts, doesn't it? And Maguire's like, yeah, yeah. It just was like a cheesy, like now they're, yeah. now they're gone. That all being said, again, since they were going with the route of him really understanding that it was better for him not to try and remind mm-hmm. them and, f- and bring their memories back, he learns that later on when he goes to see her in the coffee shop, when he still has that full intention to, to go back and try and convince them, why didn't he just stand there the whole time while their memories got erased? So when they said, like, hey, who are you? It's like, all right. Here's what happened. <laughs> you know, like, uh, that would have been a good idea, right? That's a good point, right? He just swings off. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't know how he swung away because he's Statue of Liberty, right? So I don't know where he would have swung to. The yeah. Water. Um, maybe he had the Iron Spider suit. I don't know. Um, well, I guess he's got, you know, it's that's high enough. The, the torch is still up there. I can swing him fairly far enough. That or cap can... shield. Well, I guess it got torn well, down. Well, that, that was in the ocean at that point, though. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. It got torn down. But, um but yeah, so I mean, and I, I do agree. It's kind of funny to think, why didn't he just stay around for the extra 30 seconds? And it also was weird to me. It's like, how is, I know Dr. Strange is the one doing the spell and I know he knows the consequences of it, but how, how does he not know? I don't know. To me, it just like, it annoyed me. I was like, I don't get how he would yeah. know he did the spell, but now he, so what does he think? I just did the spell for no reason. No, I mean, there's a, that's, that's another, that, that that's the thing that also started off the whole thought process of like, if they have to reintroduce him and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, it's like, because yeah. he remembers obviously doing it. He, re- he remembers everything except the fact that he just doesn't know there's a Peter Parker. And so, yeah, what now has filled in this vision of why he did all this stuff, especially again, since J. Jonah Jameson's going to have footage of him in front of a building <laughs> right. with all this shit going on. Yeah. You know, and, and granted, Dr. Strange wasn't there for it because he's technically stuck above the Rockies or, or Grand Canyon, right? But there's there's gonna be so many of those going back to those those gaps that like there's no way there's just no fucking way, uh, especially since there's all that footage of them going like Spider Man is Peter Parker you know it's like all right that was a good impression of J K Simmons <laughs> <laughs> he's my dad actually I don't know if I tell you, he's my father <laughs> no I'm but, serious he's actually he's actually my father I don't like telling people about it but yeah oh. No, I'm really? kidding. I'm oh, I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, I, and I think, I mean, I did like how they updated him a little bit. That big scene, the be- this is really going off on a tangent, but at the beginning when they showed J. Jonah Jameson sitting in a basement in front of a green screen, I thought that was, but then all of a sudden he's in a, he, yeah, but then he's, then he's, he's in the regular InfoWars style place. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wait, why? It would have been so much better to poke fun. I guess they still poke fun at the whole Alex Jones things by him selling the supplements and all other stuff. 
but keep keep it back in the basement. That's so much better. Yeah, I thought that was so funny. Then he jumps. I guess I was like, oh, I guess he got a raise because he revealed Spider Man's identity. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but it made me laugh to him literally in somebody's in his own basement in you know uh, probably in boxer shorts and a t. Yeah. <laughs> It almost felt like that maybe they were originally planning to actually like do like a COVID portion of this. And uh, that's just him when he was stuck inside for quarantine. Uh, well, <laughs> but I don't know. I have no idea. It's, you're giving it's, them that idea. They'll just say that that's what it was instead of him just taking a jump and nobody, you know, we don't know why. I will. I don't know if I, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention at the end of Far From Home or that they added new angles to the beginning of this because the movie picks up right where yeah, it starts. Yeah. Because it's right in Madison Square Garden. It's right outside my. It's right outside my office. You can actually see. It's actually the camera swings by my office. Oh, cool! And I was like, "Well, I knew I wasn't there when they were filming anything, but I wonder if I could see myself like in my office while well, they're starting the movie." I bet not. I didn't do anything. Just have some for a Blu-ray. That way you can uh, you can keep rewatching oh, yeah. it. it. It definitely it definitely didn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I don't know exactly. The the continue. I mean, that kind of stuff happens. Like in the even in the Raimi Spider-Man movies when they they retcon and put Thomas Hayden church into uncle Ben's death. Right. It's noticeably different. So this was, yeah. it could have been the same thing. I did kind of think it was like, this looks a little different. Um, but I guess we, I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. I didn't rewatch far from home beforehand and maybe I should have. Um, I didn't either. I, I definitely didn't. I, I just remembered enough. I think, um, I, you know, in some ways I know I'm backtracking a little bit too, but in some ways, again, I know, I understand the point of it and I understand why they did it, but in some ways, I wish that maybe they would have bought in a different villain that we've never seen before. Mm. Excuse me, I had a hiccup there. Or another version of another character just like from any universe we've never seen in a film version just to kind of just like freshen up a little bit because while, you know, again, I was talking to somebody about this, you know, like I'm not big on the whole super nostalgia train kind of stuff. I like when it's done right, but it seems that that's all we're doing nowadays. Um, I, I felt this one dealt with it a little bit better than some other films, so I'm okay with it, but it just would have been nice to have something different and or fresh or just surprising, you know, because since so many people are expecting certain things to happen, the only surprising thing was Matt Murdock. Everything else is what you almost expected. So whether it was, you know, I know when the when the multiverse at the end starts to really open up, I know you see an outline of a real rhino instead of the yeah, whole yeah. version of it. But like having something in there to be like, I don't know any of you, you know, <laughs> you know, but but he's still there doing something. And it could have been on the hero side, too. Uh, you know, it could have been. Maybe if they wanted to go, I mean, I, this is not what I would have done, but like just as an example, because I'm just thinking off the top of my head, uh, have another, you know, um, you know, Michael Douglas as the original Ant-Man kind of thing or something, yeah. you know, just something. Cause I, I understand the way they do the stories because people are looking for Peter Parker. So it has to be a Spider-Man thing. Get it. But that would have been the really interesting way to bring in the X-Men because mm. the X-Men and Spider-Man so closely tied together originally, that would have been interesting. Yeah. No. And I, I think the, the, open- I did okay, so I'm glad it was a rhino because I saw that too, and I'm like, was that a rhino? Okay, it oh yeah, one hundred percent. He was the he was the only one I could officially like really yeah, quickly yeah. clearly make out. I don't know if I was looking at the others because I saw him or it was so fast I'd have to go back, but he's the one I definitely really saw. And I do think a, a new villain would have been nice. I, I really that's when I thought maybe even if it was a, uh, one of the you know Holland villains, I thought maybe it was Mysterio. I, some people thought Mysterio was making Sandman and uh, 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 Wizard. I mean, obviously that's not what the case, but yeah, I think like. Uh, 
So now you're you're convincing me that maybe we get maybe Tom Holland sticks around. Look, and maybe he only plays uh, Peter Parker every because um, I don't I don't know if I could see him only coming back in like Infinity War sized roles of like I, I don't know if you, maybe you do to boost some ticket sales. You know if you put him in something, but well, I could. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, but I was just gonna say, like, I can see him coming back now. You know, whether it's more like um, disconnected from the MCU, you know, and I, because I think that there's still more story. Like, I'd like to see him go against Craven the Hunter, who was originally rumored to be the the villain of of uh, this movie before oh. they said, you know, before they showed the trailers, or you know, even if it was a real Rhino <laughs> or a more upgraded version, but. I don't know. You're convincing me out of this mindset that he's going to continue being in the MCU because, like you said, it'd be way too hard to make him uh, go up to all the Avengers and reintroduce himself and all that. Crap. Well, here's the thing. And again, I don't want to say anything specifically because I know you, you said you didn't watch Loki, but do you know what happens in it or anything like that? Or I know Kang the Conqueror is at the end of okay. it. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing, because like, that's where it's important that I think Doctor Strange was such an integral part of this because if Peter's not going to show up as much in the MCU kind of thing, with the events of Kang and the multiverse, it would be weird if he kind of didn't have certain knowledge of what happened in this movie. So you have to have somebody who can take on the brunt of all of that, which is where Dr. Strange becomes more important than anything else. Um, Because again, I know he's going to be, I know he's going to appear somehow in, or he's the main villain in Ant-Man and uh, what a quantum mania, whatever it's called. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we'll, we'll start to see some of that, but uh, you know, it, it, it'll be that it, that's the only way they can kind of, I guess, cut off that piece a little bit and still have it fill in the whole pot ready and ready to go if you need them. But yeah, I yeah. think it's kind of, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It, it It's interesting. I mean, I, I kind of hope that he, you know, continues playing it again. I, that might just be my own wish. And I, but it's also like, I don't know how many bankable stars in terms of the characters, like I know that we have Benedict Cumberbatch is still Doctor Strange, but you're not going to do 15 of these movies. You know, I know he's the second one coming, um, but he's also very booked outside of Marvel, right? I mean, Power of yeah. the Dog was great, um, but I don't. I'm, unless I'm blanking on somebody, I'm trying to think like who right now would be. If you say Tom Holland Spider Man, you put him on a poster. I think people go to that and gravitate towards it. So you're looking for that idea since we got so used to the, this like, this feeling of. Evans and Downey Jr. Downey Jr. as our yes. as our as our yeah, our linchpin. Yeah. Who's our who's who's our who, new linchpin now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's going to be a lot of different things, but I'll tell you the, the one thing I'm waiting for. The one thing I actually really do want to see is I want to see Maharsha Ali as Blade. Mm. I'm going to be really interested in that because I don't know how much he's going to pull into the MCU. I just feel because. With Mahasha Ali in general, he has this aura about him when he when he was when he was really becoming big before he when he first right before he won his first award, he had that kind of trajectory where you see a lot of actors go where they win their first big award and they start doing other things, and then well they're still great and they still do good things. It seems that they kind of trail off. Where he is the opposite. He seems like he's really he's going to kill it no matter what he does. So. I'm really interested to see him in this kind of world because while he's done big things and he's done these kind of temple, he's not done a temple kind of thing like this. Um, and so I'm very interested to see what he can kind of bring to this universe. And, and I don't think, I don't think they make blade the linchpin character, right? but I'm wondering how it's going to change things. But then that's the other thing as we build it, you know, they're not going to get to the infinity war um, kind of places that we were so used to so quickly there. I think they're going to still, build it out so 
it's going to be interesting when we see the X-Men come in. I think that's going to end up being who we're going to attach ourselves to. Yeah, maybe Fantastic Four later down the line if it inevitably happens. But I guess, you know, that probably is right. They're going to build towards other um, because you just need to have somebody because if Tom Holland decides I want to do Uncharted 3 and 4, uh, you're going to have to have somebody else who can fill in. And look, I don't know how much he's going to appear in the movies, but there's going to be Loki season two and people go crazy for Tom Hiddleston. That's true. Uh, so if he's a guy you need to put on a poster to get more tickets in, put him. They'll put him on a poster. People, I mean, Paul Rudd's not like he's fallen off the map or anything like that. He may not be like you said. He may not be the bigger draw that people think he is or like that. But he's obviously going to be a, a bigger part of this now. Um, it's it's going to be. You're right. It's going to be interesting to see who they do. And you know, as much as um, Elizabeth Olsen, you know, is another big pull for people too. I don't see her. I see. I see her character arc starting to wane away in the movies a little bit. I think. Yeah. I think ultimately after Multiverse of Madness, I think we're probably not going to see her as much. I think she's going to start to move on. I, I, I could be wrong. Who knows? Yeah. No. And I, I think. I think of this. I don't know if you're a professional wrestling fan at all. Uh, I used to be, and now I kind of got back into it. And I, I kind of noticed it's weird because I took about maybe a ten year gap where I didn't watch. You know, I was like around this. You know, preteen now older and I, I see some of the same people that I watched 10 years ago who are much older now, but they're still, but it, it feels like, you know, with a company like WWE, you had these stars that you built up for 20 years and people love them. And then whether it's because they retire for a while and come back, it's like they're, they're holding on. They're only promoting these big stars. That everybody knows, even though they're reaching now their forties and fifties. And it's kind of like, well, you have to build somebody who's young. And now in all fairness, I watch, you know, WWE now and I only want to see the people I, I, I watch, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm guilty of that, but it's kind of with the MCU. It's kind of the same thing where i don't know you know they have to build it up i guess plus again that's the things like things we don't know i mean i find it you know again i don't want to like say one actor is more important or you know more well known than another actor to people so because i don't know i don't know how the general public sometimes feels about people like oscar isaac but right after that show after that show hits who knows what he's going to become in in the film world and you know will he draw people in as well I don't think Oscar Isaac pulls people in as much as Studio thinks he does, honestly. And this is nothing against Oscar Isaac. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I don't think he has the pull that a lot of studios think that he has, in, in essence, for I, I, the general, general yeah. public. The person, you know, who only has one movie theater in their town and they can only see it on, you know, certain nights, stuff like that, you know, who are, you know, uh, the general public. <laughs> um, so, you know, same thing with, um, with Kit Harrington. Right. Who the hell knows? Um, you know, with the Eternals bombing, I don't know what's going to happen with any of those characters. Uh, well, <laughs> Harry Styles, that'll pull right, people. That, that was one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was why half of my theater went to see it. It was a lot of teenage girls that went crazy for that. They were asleep during the movie, but then during the post credit scene woke up. <laughs> and, um, you know, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was, oh, did my camera, oh, no, no, I have, no. Oh, no I, I thought you were going to say something. I didn't want to, you know, if you had a uh, thought. No, no, I, no, I just, I have, I got nothing to say beyond that. <laughs> and, and Paul Rudd, it was a funny case. I, I, I do agree, like, yeah, he's, he's obviously great, but I guess I just thought about, like, the, the box office for, you know, the first two Ant-Man movies. And I like both. I like the second one, especially. I don't think people usually do. But it, it's, it just seems like nobody really cares about the character. Now, you said he's going to, he probably will be a bigger part going forward. So maybe it'll be more important to see. So you didn't really yeah. need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp to understand whatever one it was in between. If it, I don't remember if it was before Infinity War, after, I don't know. Uh, it was, uh, it was right after. It was okay, like direct. Right. That was the, the, the first thing that came out after because oh, that it had the snap at the end, right? The... Yeah. Cause it, it, it had, it, it showed you 
how he ended up. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then so then then when the oh, end game yeah. came out, yes, it, uh, right. yeah, it was the, it was the one in between. Yeah, yeah. that and and uh, well, because Captain Marvel was right before Infinity War. That's right. Yeah. No, Oof. was it, was it before or after? Yeah, uh, Captain Marvel was right before Endgame, I think. Right, a month and a half before. I don't even remember which one was before, but that's like, that's the other thing. Like, I don't think. We'll have to see what happens when they when they bring in the rest of the cast for that too, and see what happens. That, like, and and I guess you know I think we're unfortunately forgetting the um, you know with Black Panther and the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman. That probably yeah. that would have been there. That would be the that you had. You know, yeah, your, that's probably what they were thinking. Have him yeah. star, and I, you know with Captain Marvel, it's an interesting case. I I like that's a funny one. I liked that one, and then I watched it again. I was like, wow, this isn't very good. <laughs> I I didn't like Captain Marvel when I saw it, and I I have no cares about what. The most people think there's the issues with uh, I, I just didn't like the movie yeah yeah that's, um, that's but I, mean, I, guess I, don't, I don't like most of these most i mean some of them are fine but i, I don't i don't think super positively about a lot of them i think it's a much i, I don't know maybe i could be wrong it might be like a little bit of like a i don't want to say maturity thing but like it, it did feel like you know five years ago even three years ago when endgame came out i was super into this stuff and then over the last couple of years, you you know you kind of see other stuff. And you're like, wow, this is none of these movies are even close to the top ten of the year, or stuff like that. And I, I, I didn't, I, don't know. I didn't even really like Endgame. Uh, it was fine. I didn't care about it that much, you know, because I'm not there for like the I want to see them all come back right. and fight. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun and all sort of stuff. But uh, I thought it was a major step down from Infinity War because where Infinity War it does have like all movies, especially superhero movies, it has some holes in there. It's a tight movie. And then you come to Ungame and it's like the exact opposite. And I'm just like, what, what happened? Yeah. What, why, what happened? It's just yeah. like, I, I was so disappointed uh, in, the, in that whole thing. Again, it was fine. I don't really care. I'll watch it if it's on kind of thing. But Infinity War is a movie that I will go back and just put on randomly because I do enjoy. And again, it's sometimes it's little things too that I really love. And it's stuff that people like too. But like, I have this like weird connection to the way I see it. Um, like I love, you know, they showed in the trailers very quickly, but in the film, like when at the very end, when Thanos was trying to punch down a Captain America and he's holding his hand, but when you go back to see Thanos's face and you look at him, he's, he's confused. Like he doesn't mm. get it. That's brilliant to me. That's such, that's because after all this time with all he's doing, you know, seeing this guy, he really doesn't even know. And he's got all this power. And he's like, how is how is this happening? Like just for like a just a brief second. I love that. I think that's fucking brilliant. Uh, and I think people people enjoy it and they think the same way, but I don't think they get as effective as it as I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely it's it is it, it definitely is more than Endgame. You can just throw it on almost at any point and be entertained. I think that's the best quality it has. Not to say it's just entertainment, but I do agree that there are intricacies in there. I, I did I did like Endgame more, and I don't know. Why I don't know. Maybe it's because in, with Infinity War, I watch it again, and even though it's super fun, I almost just feel like it's just here's a vignette of these characters teaming up, and here's not, and that is it. Just felt like splash pages in a comic book, or right? you're just flipping through, and and that's great. It works for it, but it didn't. I thought it was maybe not. It's tight, but I didn't think it was narratively like, oh wow, this is super. Um, I see. I thought. I thought. I thought. It, I thought narratively it worked better. Okay. Uh, much better than Endgame. I think, and again, it's, it's definitely more dour and not as funny because it's a darker movie. And I do appreciate that. Um, but I just, it's like, here's a good for instance, because everybody talks about, and I won't go on too long because I know we got to go, but, yes. um, you know, Die Hard. And I love Die Hard. I love Die Hard to mm -hmm. death, you know, because I think it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. 
But you know, at the time, people were like, oh, it just takes place in an office building. How does it, how can they figure that out? And so then all the diehard knockoffs came out. And this executive decision, which a lot of people didn't see, because it technically starts Steven Seagal, but Steven Seagal actually dies like 30 minutes in the movie, which is great. Um, and executive decision is a great movie, but the whole thing takes place on a plane. And even though it's a little bit of a stretch for the things that do take place within the world that they created, every issue they came up with to elongate this film makes sense. And it's the same thing in Infinity War, where it's not the same for me in Endgame, where even though the things may be a little bit of a stretch, or it may be like you're saying, like splash pages of, of just teams meeting, everything as it unfolds makes sense. As, as far as it may be. And those are the type of things in films that I like because I'll use, I'll use my last example, which I give to everybody all the time, uh, The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Whether you love The Matrix or not, I'm talking about just the first film. When I first saw The Matrix, I really didn't like it that much because, and again, I saw when it first came out, I saw it in theaters, you know, when it, when it was first released. It's a movie where your entire premise contradicts itself. Because you say that they can do all these crazy things in the Matrix because they know it's not real, but then they die in real life if they die in the Matrix because their brain can't tell the difference. You can't do that in your story and make me want to take it seriously. I'm sorry. So when movies can unfold themselves, again, maybe out of the box, but where it makes sense within the version they've built, I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I feel like I took us on a long. Uh, <laughs> I definitely took us on a long trail. <laughs> I mean, that's what Eternals does to you. We, um, but, um, but yeah. So just final thoughts on No Way Home. I, you can, you know, I don't know on if when you review it, do you give a score, a grade? How do you? Do I, I gave it like a B with a possible B plus, depending on how I'm feeling that day. Okay. I gave it a B, which is a good score, but it's, it's. I don't think it's a great movie, but it's definitely right. good, and it's going to give a lot of people what they want. Yes, and I I actually gave it a B plus as well, and I, it's the same thing. And it's hard to I, I don't know. I guess it was harder for me to review it than I thought because it's like, well, there's the nostalgia aspects of it that I really that you know made me want to like it more. But then there's a lot of stuff that even just talking it out, you kind of realize. And this is the brilliance of Sony where they the embargoes up five hours after you get out and you have to write a review, whatever. But then now thinking about it, you're like, wow, a lot of this doesn't make a, lot, a whole lot of sense. But it is a lot of fun. Right? Well, and I'll leave you with that, and I'll leave you with that because that's the thing, you know, like. There are a lot of things, there are a lot of movies I will see that as I dissect them, they do fall apart massively. And then there are other ones when I watch them, they're falling apart as I watch them. The things that I had issues with in No Way Home were happening as I was watching the movie. Hmm. Okay. Well, to wrap up, do you want to just uh, talk about your podcast for a second? You can just find Overdue Rentals on all of your, your well, you know, most of your podcast uh, providers, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Audible, uh, Stitcher, you know, wherever you find your podcast, look for Overdue Rentals. Myself and Mike Reyes, we talk about films that people have kind of don't talk about anymore for some reason. You know, they could have been big award winners even, but just seems like they've gotten forgotten about. Uh, we, you know, we have a lot of accounts out there. You can reach the email at Overdue Rentals at gmail.com. Go to Instagram at Overdue Rentals Show. Uh, Twitter, I think, is Rentals Overdue. Uh, just check us out, uh, say it, drop a line, say hello. And, uh, you know, we have guests on, you know, usually directors and writers or actors from films that we're talking about. Come and enjoy it. Well, you, you did say underappreciated films. I just want to throw out Amazing Spider-Man, I think could be a future <laughs> topic. I don't, know, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing, because a lot of the films we're talking about sometimes, they could even be bad movies because they were the things that we used to watch on HBO all the time when we were kids. Right. 
So it's not necessarily if they were underappreciated or not, just that nobody talks about them anymore. So if somebody spends all their day on YouTube videos, uh, you know, bashing a movie, it doesn't count. Doesn't count for an over rental. I'm sorry, guys. Completely fair. Well, thank you, Matt, again so much for you know for taking your time. I know I took a lot a lot of your time tonight. Thank you for having me. But I appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening.